right, guys, welcome back to Revive School. Here we are still in the book of Romans, lesson 13, Romans 13. And, uh, you know, Romans is one of those. I kind of feel like Romans one, it's all on a wristband. <laughs> so there's a there's a big connection to Romans. And, and really, there's a connection to Romans because of, of the gospel. I mean, you're going to see the gospel all throughout the book of Romans. Minnie's painting obviously is with the cross because of, of, of our sin. Obviously, there, there's so many different things there. Uh, but I want to just say as a reminder what our word is. Our word is for, for the book of Romans is justifier. He has justified what, Kevin? Our sin. Our sin. So because of what he's done, we've been justified, which means, ready for this? Somebody is going to totally freak out on this. It's one and done. Like once you put your faith in Christ, you are justified. You don't have to kind of keep trying to figure it out and say, I wonder if I got to do something else today. You don't have to. And so what we're beginning to do in Romans 12 through Romans 16 is how do we take this truth of Romans 1 through 11, this theological foundational truth, how do we practically live it out? Well, yesterday in Romans 12, we began to kind of walk through, and I'm going to rewrite them again. We, We talked about our relationship, okay, to God. We also talked about our relationship Kevin, do you remember what it was? To other believers. Yep, to other believers. And then we flew through the very end of it. At the end, at the end of Romans uh, 12, it's the relationship to our enemies. What's the next one? Well, the next one is, according to Warren Wearsby, and really it's, it's the whole chapter, it's our relationship. It's going to get a little dicey today. Some of you are going to think, wow, we just went political. We're going to totally talk politics today, okay? Because it's the relationship to the government, okay? The relationship to the state, okay? How do we interact with our local mayor? How do we interact with our our, our local state senator or congresswoman? Or what does that look like with our governor? How do we interact with our governor? Or how do we support uh, our, our, our president of the United States? Like, what is our role in all of this. And strangely enough, the word of God actually tells us what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to actually engage um, with with folks. Now, just to give a backdrop for the Apostle Paul, when Paul was writing this book, Nero would have been in power. OK, Paul then encourages believers to submit to Nero. In this time, he's encouraging people. So this is the context. So it would be like all of a sudden, if Rich decides to write a book that's going to be in the Bible, all of a sudden he's saying, guys, I need you to support President Trump. And like somebody is like, ah, like somebody might have this freak out. Think about this. Even if the authorities are evil, as Nero was in AD 54 and 68, the emperor of Rome who cruelly, uh, truly persecuted uh, Christians, right? Like this was the process that we're talking about. But Paul just said, look, you've got to still submit to him. You still have to submit to them because God has ordained that there should be governing authorities. He put this in place. Every believer is to be subject to the various authorities. And that's what it says in Romans 13, 1. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God. And those that exist are instituted by God. True or false? President Trump was put into office and allowed by God to be there. True. True. 
But I don't like President Trump, somebody's saying. Well, President Obama's there. Somebody's going to say, I didn't like President Obama. Somebody's going to say, well, I didn't like President Clinton or President Bush or, you know, Senior Bush. Whatever the context is, somebody's going to always have an issue with the Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter. You know, then you have these these folks that are all over the United States. We have these new senators that are coming in and they're voicing their opinions. And some of these things that the people are saying, you guys, they are crazy. They are out there. But the scripture says, well, you, you still have to recognize that that authority was put there because God put them there. Is that is that too far to say, Kevin? No, it's exactly what it says. <laughs> but I don't like that because there's some wackos out there today. I mean, they're saying some things today like, but I don't even want to get into it. And I want you to have an understanding, first and foremost, of a godly perspective. Everybody must submit to the governing authorities. I think an interesting question we have to ask is what does submit look like? Because the reality is, is that submission is, it's never easy. And Nelson's commentary says, you know, we want to... We would tend to resist and rebel if the government is imposing an incompetent or even corrupt. That's what we want to do. We want to do all of those things. We really want to just say, heck with you. Put a couple bumper stickers up, put a couple signs up. But here's what I want us to understand. How do we respond to this? Okay, number one. Okay, it comes from Nelson's commentary. How do we respond? First of all, you have to understand that God is the ultimate authority. I mean, you have to have this perspective. First and foremost, I'm going to go through four things. The government as an institution has been established by God to serve his purposes. And here's the crazy thing. God raises up and he takes away the leaders, but it's God who does this. I think in our world of democracy, we've missed that piece of it because we think it's, we've put people there. That's right. Instead of God. Scripture continues on in Romans 13 too. So then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command. And those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. So number two, how do you respond to a relationship to the government and the state? Okay. It's scripture is and this is what Nelson's writes. Both followers and leaders are ultimately accountable (laughs) not to the president but to God the one who resists authority is opposing God's command okay that's in verse 2 so look I'm not saying you can't voice your opinion but when you voice your opinion you sure sound like you're saying God I don't think you were right that's what we're saying we are both accountable. Followers and leaders are ultimately accountable to God. So when you, resi- when you resist the authority and you're opposing who they are, you're opposing God's command. You can say, Kyle, that's too far because, you know, I'm a Democrat and I don't really like Trump or, you know, I'm a Republican and I don't really like Trump. You know, like that's the, you could say whatever, but all I can say is, is then you're just saying, basically, God, I don't believe you've got the right system in place. Now, we'll get to some more details about what do you do on certain things. I'm going to get to that, but I just want to set the foundation because sometimes I think we forget one and two right away. I think we're so quick to post things on Facebook that you don't even know is true, or you're so quick to post something on Twitter or Instagram about the current president. 
I mean, I'm just going to give you something crazy. Okay. Um, I go to Taylor University. Okay. That's where I went to school. I, I don't go there now. When I graduated from Taylor in 2001, it's a small non-denominational liberal arts Christian school in the middle of the cornfield. I mean, these are good old boys that are coming to this school. There's nothing f- flashy about this school. Well, the current president, okay, uh, he invited Vice President Mike Pence to come and speak at the commencement, uh, at graduation uh, this year. This is a small Christian school. Mike Pence is a follower of Jesus Christ. He loves the Lord. The Vice President Pence, and guess what happens, Kevin? It made national news. Students at Taylor... All of a sudden, some of them have an issue that Vice President Pence is coming to speak at their graduation. What are we even talking about anymore? How have we gotten to this point where a, a liberal arts... Now, it doesn't reflect the, the, the picture of Taylor. Don't, don't we get that right or wrong because they've invited Pence. They're supportive of Pence. But these students or certain alumni are like, oh, we don't like Pence's stance or, oh, you know, guess what? He thinks the Bible is true because he thinks the Bible is true. He has certain views towards, you know, homosexuals or or gays and lesbians. And all of a sudden we hate Mike Pence. And so guess what? They're protesting the vice president coming to give a graduation speech. Kevin, right here, Romans 13, 2, I want to just go back to these students, back to the alumni and say, read the word of God. I'm so tired of people applying their own personal opinions over the truth. And then they say, you can't come. This is the vice president of the best country in the world. And we're saying you can't come. Thank you, Taylor, for taking a stance and inviting him. Thank you, president, who invited him. You know what? We need more people that won't back down. Because guess what? This guy will bless the students. He'll speak truth into them. He'll love them. And yet we have some students and we have some alumni that all of a sudden are saying, you know what? We don't want him. Since when do we disrespect the government like this? If you resist the authority, you're opposing God's command because you like your liberal perspective better than the truth. And here's what the scripture says. If you oppose it, judgment will come on you. I'd put your picket signs down. I'd put your Facebook posts away. I'd say, what what does the Word of God say? But here's what's happened. And Rich, we talked about this yesterday. In Romans 12, if you conform to the age of this world, you're not renewing your mind, and then you have no idea to discern if this is right or wrong. Folks, you have to cling to what is good, not push it away. Look, I'm just telling you these things because this is Fox News was talking about this on, on national news. Christian students against a Christian vice president. At what point is this going to stop? If I'm a lost person, I'd be like, why would I want that stuff? I like what Nelson's commentary says about this. Both followers and leaders are ultimately accountable to God. They said submission to human authority reflects our submission to God's authority. I love that. Submission to human authority reflects our submission to God's authority. In other words, how I perceive who God is is how I'm going to treat everybody everybody else, even if you don't like them, which is why you got to go back to the relationship to our enemies. What do you do with the people you still don't like? You don't just say, go away. We don't like you. How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I bless you? It's crazy to me how, how we've gotten to this point even at a place that I absolutely love and call home. 
Romans 13, 3. Kevin, if you would, scripture says, For rulers are not a terror to, to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do good and you will have its approval. Uh, that's a little bit interesting one. Okay, let me kind of walk through here uh, on our third point that Nelson says is that God. Okay, here's what happens. God uses government. Okay, to carry out His good purposes on earth. You got to think though, you guys. It's like everything else. God put something in place and like mankind, we could totally mess it up, right? He put something in place so that this would work. A democracy actually can work, but when you have a, a dictator, that's not really what he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? I'm not so political. Like, in other words, like a dictator, well, when I even say the phrase dictator, that's just bad. <laughs> God designed it so that the government could rule and regulate and help take care of people, not to um, dominate over somebody. There's a lot here I'm going to get into, and I don't really, let me just say it this way. Without question, some governments persecute those who do good. Paul experienced that with Nero. Okay, we we understand that. Mainly, here it is, it's the lawbreaker, not the law-abiding citizen, who has something to fear from the government. Typically, okay, it's the lawbreakers uh, that have an issue rather than the law-abiding citizen. Typically, God uses government to carry out his good purposes on earth, according to Romans 13.3. Rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do good and you will have its approval. In other words, as long as you stay in the lanes of the law, you're fine. If you would, Kevin, let's keep going to Romans 13, verse 4. For government... Is God's servant for your good? That's how God designed government. And now you can say, well, the current president doesn't do that. So surely, right, you know, I don't have to agree. You've got to go back to number one. But if you do wrong, be afraid because it does not carry the sword for no reason. In other words, if you actually go against the government, they have every right to punish you, to discipline you because you didn't stay within the lanes. For government is God's servant, an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. I love that line. Government is God's servant. Wait, are we saying then that President Trump could be God's servant? Are we saying President Obama back then could be God's servant? So I don't want to just emphasize one presidency because I want to show you like this applies across the board. Government is God's servant, an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. You know what I love about what's happening with President Trump right now? I actually believe he's trying to kill out all situations that have to do with abortion. I think he's actually trying to wipe out. He's trying to cut the funding on things. Why? Because he's trying to say, that's wrong. This heartbeat bill, we need it, you guys. We don't need these states that are saying, oh, by the way, you can kill a child up to so many... The government is meant to serve as an avenger to bring wrath on the one who does wrong, not the one who actually is the one who uh, is the one doing wrong. And that's where it gets sticky. That's where this whole thing gets really sticky because you're kind of like, ah, now what do we do when a government says, hey, by the way, you can allow abortion even to the point where they're, 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 they're giving birth. All I can tell you is in this context, this is all I have. 
Okay, I'm not a political major. I'm not a sci- political science guy. I'm not, I, I have Romans 13. And Romans 13 says that God is the ultimate authority and that both followers and leaders are ultimately accountable to God and that God uses government to carry out his good purposes on earth. And then finally, if you would, let's go to, Kevin, if we can, to go to verse 5. Therefore, you must submit. Not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. It's kind of an interesting way to look at things, but let me just say the last point here with regards to relationship to the government. Obedience is a matter, this is interesting, of inner convictions as well as external law. In other words, Nelson says this, our motivation to obey must go beyond fear of punishment. As believers, we serve the highest of all authorities, God himself. Say it one more time. As believers, we serve the highest of all authorities. So our motivation must go beyond just the fear of punishment. Like, why are we staying in the lanes of doing things right legally? Because our conscience uh, kicks in. Look, there are certain areas in my life my conscience doesn't kick in. Speeding. And I don't know why. Like, it, it just doesn't kick in. I'm, I'm actually very serious. My point of saying this is that there are areas in all of our lives that you have these gray areas. I'm not saying that's right, that I speed. I'm just saying we need to submit to these things, not only because of wrath, God's judgment is going to come against those things, but because of your conscience. Your conscience is saying, Kyle, you know better. I think this is important. Okay, because people are like, I don't know. Maybe you went too far, Kyle. Here's what Nelson says. Only when the government commands us to do what God prohibits. Like worshiping the Lord. Okay. Um, You know, if he if he let's just say the government requires you to take an innocent life, you have a kid and they say, nope, you got to kill the kid. Like those are the kind of situations I'm talking about. If there are things that um, the government is implementing that go against the scriptures and they prevent us from doing what God commands us to do. um, It prohibits us from doing what God commands us. Are we to be we're to be are we to be in disobedience? No, you're not to be disobedient to the word of God. And that's where it gets sticky for people. Like if you were asked to, I don't know, I can't even think of a scenario. I like, I right, huh? Daniel would be an example. Daniel, yeah. Like you cannot do what you can't. You have to bow down to me, right? This is the scenario we're talking about. If all of a sudden the president says, "Hey, everybody, you got to worship me," well, of course, you know you're not supposed to do that, and it means you might be, you might have to die, but you don't know those things unless you're in the Word of God. So I'm going to go back to Romans 12. Okay. Some of us conform to the age, this world, because we don't know what the Word of God says to discern what is right or wrong, which is why people are confused. Are you part of the church or are you not part of the church? Are you part of the body of Christ or are you not? Because if you don't know this, you just start blending the worlds. But I will tell you this, and it's, 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 super, it's actually really straightforward. God is the ultimate authority, and by the way, we're accountable to God on how we treat and submit to our leaders. God uses government to carry out the purpose of earth and we're to be obedient in this process. So, if you don't like the current president, you don't like your current senator, you don't like your current governor, read Romans 13. So now here's verse 6. I don't have any more points. (laughs) But it's interesting, verse 6. It says, and for this reason, you pay taxes. 
So you know what that means? You don't cut corners. You pay what you have to pay. Don't try to cheat the government. Why? Because God put them in place to help you. Since the authorities are God's public servants, continually attending to these tasks. You ready for this one? You pay taxes because you believe the word of God is true. You pay taxes, you go to H&R Block, you do it online yourself, whatever the case is, because you believe that these people are God's authorities. But my taxes keep going up. I got another property tax for 2020, 2019, whatever. It's going up again. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know what I should start saying? Praise the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) The rank's right up there with speeding, right? Yeah, right. Maybe my streets will get cleaner. You know, (laughs) but that's really the perspective, you guys, is it not? Like you pay taxes as a form of worshiping God. That's it. That's really all in verse six. It's pretty straightforward. And yet (laughs) nobody likes to pay taxes. But when you understand God's put your city council there to help you and your kids, you'll pay taxes. Verse seven says this, pay your obligation to everybody. Taxes to those you owe taxes. Tolls to those you owe tolls. Did you guys hear about this guy just recently got busted? It's so awesome. He had a, a clicker, right, Rich? Yeah. On his license plate. So whenever he'd go through a toll road, he'd click the, the uh, he'd cover up his license plate so he never had to pay a toll. <laughs> Five years. This is brilliant. It was brilliant, but not according to scripture. You pay tolls to those who you owe tolls. I don't know if that's what they're talking about, but it sure makes sense to us. You show respect to those you owe respect and honor to those you owe honor. You know, I've gone to places where people have asked me specifically to not mention President Trump in my message. What do you do with Romans 13, 7 when that's the case? You know, President Trump was the only president since the act was uh, instated in 95 that actually put the embassy in Jerusalem. I could talk about President Trump putting the embassy in Jerusalem. I want to honor him for doing something that the American government actually implemented 20 plus years ago. And he did it. He actually had the courage to do it. So I want to talk about it. You can't mention President Trump here. You can't. You can't. Show respect to those you owe respect and honor to those you owe honor. Does it mean that this president or that president's always going to walk in this right lane? No. But I'm still going to submit to him as long as he doesn't contradict Uh, me (laughs) worshiping the Lord. Verse eight, it says this, do not owe anybody, anyone, anything. So in other words, don't be in debt. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. And at the same time, you're supposed to pay uh, respect and honor in all of this. So there's a little bit of layers to that, except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. I love the transition. I love the transition from the government to, he, by the way, you better love on people. And it says in verse 9, the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever whatever other commandment. (laughs) In other words, in case I didn't cover all of them, in fact, right now my head's a little foggy, all the other ones, all are summed up by this, love your neighbor as yourself. You know why I like this one? Because I think believers today don't love Trump. 
I think people don't love their local senator. I think people don't love their school board PTA person. Whatever it is. Whatever the context is, the scripture says, all of these things, you love them as you would love yourself. Yeah, but do you know what that person did? Do you know that that person is not what I stand for? Do you realize they're not a reflection? Yeah, yes. Amen. We have some presidential candidates that are floating out there right now. Oh, dear Lord. They don't reflect this at all. You still love them. You still love them regardless because love does no wrong to a neighbor, as it says in verse 10. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. So what do we do? What's our relationship to the government and to the state? Well, you love them. Wouldn't it be awesome if all of a sudden you put out, I love President Trump on, this, on your yard. I love President, you know, whatever, President Obama. I think that's hard for me to say. But that's what he's after. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. It says in verse 11, why do we do this? Because it's for Jesus' sake. And I love these verses. Besides this, knowing the time, it's already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. In other words, we can't play games of hating people and not liking them and trying to cheat the system. You guys, Christ is coming back. That's what the scripture says. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So when we first put our trust in Christ, guess what? We're that much closer to him coming back. And so you can't play this sleepy game of like, oh, I'm going to keep playing, being conformed to the world. No, 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 no. Wake up from that and renew your mind and say, God, what do you want me to do? How can I show love? In verse 12, the night is nearly over. The time is ticking. The daylight is near. So let us get rid of the junk in our lives. Let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Because we're, we're talking literally about his coming reign. And in verse 13, so let us walk with decency as in the daylight, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy. In other words, we don't have time for that, you guys, to be jerks towards the government, to be mean towards the government, to, to be against our neighbors because they're voting for one person or we're voting for somebody. We don't have time for you to walk in this state of drunkenness or to go have sexual affairs. We don't have time for you to argue with people. Christ is coming back. And as the believers in Rome, he says, guys, I need you to get your act together. So he says in verse 14, he puts it all just as a big old exclamation point. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to reflect Christ. And he just goes back and make no plans. Richie had pointed this out earlier. You know, don't, don't make any plans to satisfy the fleshly desires. Don't conform to the world, as it says in Romans 12. You guys, you put on Christ. You put on the truth. You put on the righteousness. You put on the peace. You will reflect Christ. And, and here's what's crazy about this message. When you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to do it when you're dealing with the government as well. There's something about a hot button. I don't talk about religion or politics. Kind of blew that one out of the water today. If you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear and nothing to be afraid of because you love everybody. Even if you don't agree with their political stance, that's not up for us for up to decide. Like, because God is the ultimate authority. 
and his followers and leaders were ultimately accountable to him. God uses government to carry out his good purposes on earth. And then ultimately, you guys, obedience is what matters. We have to be obedient to the word of God wherever we're at. And can I just say this? That means loving them and looking like Jesus. All right, guys, there you have Romans 13, lesson 13. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks and have a great day.